Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Wellness Coach on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Evie Summers, and today we have a really special broadcast. I interviewed Dr. Connor Hogan out of Ireland, and he works with younger people primarily, and young people today are facing so many challenges, especially since technology is so prevalent. Um, people are wondering why, why are younger people facing such crises in terms of mental health, depression, anxiety, and um, if we look closer at technology, we might find a reason for that. Um, and also, Dr. Hogan had his own challenges in terms of health and well-being when he was growing up. Um, he developed scoliosis, so we're going to touch on that as well briefly. It's a really special interview. It's pre-recorded. Um, we were, were oceans apart, so, you know, separated by lots of water and um, other issues. So we found a way to record ourselves. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And um, it's very special. There's a lot, there are a lot of takeaways. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. You're listening to the Wellness Coach on Blog Talk Radio. Okay. I can actually get it. Fine. We're ready. Okay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is a very special edition of The Wellness Coach. I want to thank you for listening, and I have a very special guest today. His name is Dr. Connor Hogan, and he's an expert in health and wellness. And I know so many of you are seeking answers to your questions. How can I improve my health or well-being? And I was really thrilled to run across Dr. Hogan on, I believe it was Twitter, and he was so sincere, and he's been through uh, health challenges himself, and now he loves to empower everyone to improve their health and well-being, especially young people. So we're going to be talking about if you're a younger person, maybe a millennial, or you're just maybe someone who's a little bit younger in age, and you're looking to maybe just feel better, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or physically, this is a great interview for you to listen to. Um, or maybe if you've dealt with a specific challenge like scoliosis, um, I know that Dr. Connor Hogan had some of those challenges himself when he was growing up. Um, he's overcome them, and now he, he loves to empower other people. So it's just my really special honor to have Dr. Connor Hogan on my show today. Dr. Connor Hogan, welcome. How are you today? How are you, um, E.D.? Wow, <laughs> that's some introduction there. Uh, yeah. So, well, well what can I say? Um, hello from Ireland um, to all the listeners. Um, yeah, I suppose what one of the things you touched on there was both personal and professional kind of experiences. And um, I think nowadays... It's wonderful, you know, with all the television channels out there and Netflix and Internet and, you know, blog talk radios and radio stations. You know, there's so much multimedia out there and we can see so many people that thankfully are sharing their own experiences if they've had health troubles or, you know, different experiences they've had in the past to help others. And I think that's wonderful. I suppose mm -hmm. we're coming from a time where many years ago our parents, grandparents and so on 
would listen to very exclusive people, such as medical doctors or very exclusive people, such as religious people or whatever. Um, so now we have a time where there's people, ordinary folk like myself, that you can go through an experience and thankfully we can kind of turn it inside out and once we figure out things, suddenly people may want to know about it. So yeah, that's where I come from. Personally, I grew up with um, scoliosis. I didn't realize what the heck scoliosis was mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I suppose late teens, early 20s, where literally as a sports person, as a person who loved sport and who was big and athletic in that, um, where literally I was shown more or less a brick wall and overnight I had to just stop partaking in all types of sport. And Mm -hmm. I suppose, not that I was a big famous sportsman or anything like that, I wasn't, but just from a point of view of anybody, whether you're young if you have to give up something that, you know, you really like, you really love, and, you know, it, it can be a big wall, it can um, frustrate you, and certainly when it's a thing like scoliosis, and scoliosis is only just one thing, but if, you know, there's so many illnesses and ailments out there with people worldwide, and we're all asking for question, questioning and looking for answers, and at the time, for me, with scoliosis and I suppose the lack of information out there with the internet wasn't really it hadn't really begun certainly not in Ireland and mm. so it was just a brick wall everywhere mm. and uh, mm. no information and mm. you know it, it was tricky so that's where I come from wow. and I and thank you so much for being so honest and genuine because I you know that's what people are looking for is um, that sense of hope and connection and, you know, I think people start to heal when they feel like they've um, found some kind of connection with someone else and they can see that someone else has done well or done better and then that gives them the hope too. So thank you for being so um, honest about your, you know, own struggles. And then do you mind if I ask, um, how did you, I mean, we're also going to talk about, you know, sort of how younger people can improve their health and well-being because I know that you specialize that in, as well. I mean, you have a really um, impressive and extensive background in um, in health and wellness. You have a, a PhD and you're a yoga. You own a yoga company and um, there's your Ireland's first premier uh, first specialist and premier children's life coach. So. Um, and there's much, much more I could say about you. And we're going to get into that sort of like, you know, life coaching for children um, or for young adults. But I was curious, how did you cope with or handle scoliosis? Or do you mind sharing with us a little bit more about your journey? How, um, what is your health like today in terms of scoliosis? Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind, I don't mind sharing it at all. In fact, um, the the main, I suppose, answer to that question is that it's very important for people to realize that scoliosis for me and scoliosis for you and scoliosis for, for different people is completely and utterly different. There mm. is such a variety and amount of variables, um, even just between the degrees of scoliosis. Um, then there's things like kyphosis and lordosis thrown into the mix. Um, so literally, which I love to compare scoliosis to, it's like getting a clothes hanger, a steel clothes hanger, and unraveling it as it is in the shape of a clothes hanger and trying to straighten it out. And once you straighten it out, then just twisting it in your fingers and wrists and all the power of your hands and making it into what resembles in your best way uh, like a spiral staircase and for me if I was to do that with a steel hanger you were to do it with your hands somebody else was to do it you know that's exactly how scoliosis appears in different individuals mm-hmm. so it's different okay. um, even though there's an S curve and an all of that or a C curve mm-hmm. it can just appear and feel differently and just to answer your question very quickly, um, I'm writing a book at the moment about scoliosis. And within oh, wow. that book, I'll be, I suppose, going through 
chronologically, my lifetime with scoliosis from as a child right up through my teenage years, um, 20s, 30s, and I'm not going to say 40s because I'm not there yet, but <laughs> 38. So, um, But I think then, just as I touched on, I suppose, in the first question there, that it's mm-hmm. now 2018, um, in the 1996 bracket, 98 bracket, I was leaving school, and there was no internet, there was no blog talk radio or blogging or vlogging or any internet or anything like that. So life was a hell of a lot different than both in Ireland, Europe, America, and so on. Um, so yeah, the main thing I would say to people, girls, guys, anybody of any age, because scoliosis can affect people. It mostly affects people in their teenage years and so on. Okay. And become very apparent as they're you know, younger, 20s and that. But it can also affect older people. There's a phenomenal amount of statistics out there for over 65s getting the likes of scoliosis, kyphosis, lordosis and that. And uh, the main thing I would say is now, thankfully, there's information out there, there's the internet, there's, there's things out there, and that's how we're connecting, you know. Yeah, exactly. Which is fantastic. And it's so great to connect with you this way, Dr. Hogan. And I just had a really quick question about, can you tell us, I'm curious about this, how does the spine so if the spine is curved, say in an S-curve or a C-curve, how does that affect health in other parts of your body? Is that, or does it affect? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that, I mean, I've had some chiropractic, and I'm assuming that the spine does affect your well-being in terms of other parts of your health. Is that, is that true, or am Absolutely. I... Absolutely. Um, one of the things I'm doing in my book, I'm, I'm telling, I suppose, my story with regard to scoliosis. And mm-hmm. what I'm doing is I will probably have about 12 chapters and mm-hmm. each chapter is will start with, for example, the first or second chapter, it'll start with the likes of my teenage years. The third and fourth chapter will move on to my 20s. So it'll go chronological and it'll break down different parts of growth within a human being. And then dotted into those chapters, I have six to ten other individuals who have scoliosis, and mm. they'll teach and tell us their stories. Okay. So there'll be children, there'll be infantile scoliosis being covered by parents, there'll be people that are teenagers themselves right now, there'll mm. be people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on. And again, like I touched on earlier on there about how different, how scoliosis is different in everybody, it'll give a good variety but also a strong core of an individual who has gone through the slump of it and look after themselves and come out the other end and comes out with management um, abilities and management I suppose solutions and that's really what I want to communicate through the book but just to go into your specific question there briefly yes there's no doubt about it just from talking to those individuals and knowing myself that the, one of the first things you'll find is physical, that, of course, you'll start getting backache, but it's not just your back. Your hips will start playing up then, your knees or your ankles or your feet. And that's not, it's not as simple as that then. And we're just talking basic anatomy at the moment, but mm-hmm. your shoulders, you get aches in your neck, you get, and that's, that's even if you just have the C curve in your lower spine. Mm-hmm. Because the body is an amazing type of machine that needs to balance itself. Yes. From when we get up in the morning to when we go to bed at night, it needs to balance itself. And then that's just the body. And the next question is, does scoliosis affect the mind? It does. Mm-hmm. And again, in the book, I'll touch on that a lot. And just like you said earlier on, the question about um, well-being and, and so on and mental health there'll be things covered in the book from individuals in the book about mental health and mental health issues as well so yeah it, it really affects the mind and body you know and and so and every, the mind and body is connected um, in general and I know that um, you know that from personal experience and also from probably practicing yoga and that's the beautiful thing about yoga is that it can help connect mind and body and um, so so Dr. Hogan um, 
how can people, um, is it okay to share your website for when people, I'm assuming people are going to want to find out when your book comes out and, yeah. um, or how can someone find out about when your book is out if they want to find out more information about. That's fine. Oh, absolutely. I want you to share everything. In fact, I welcome everybody to communicate with me as much as possible because I do believe that with my experience um, with all of this is that any healing, absolutely any healing, the communication needs to happen and the more questions that are asked, the more answers will be given, the more trials will be put out there, the more pressure and lobbying and activism. And I think it's wonderful to share um, share my website, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. People can Facebook request me. I don't mind um i'm 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 big into kind of networking and with regard to specific questions i mean obviously i've only so many hours in the day but i do believe that certainly follow me certainly email me I, the first thing i would say is email me and when mm-hmm. you go to my website uh doc connor that's d-o-c and another c o-n-o-r.com so docconnor.com when you go to that website you'll be immediately put towards an email um, kind of listing. So pop in your email there, and when the book is approaching or coming out, definitely you will be given ample time to know when it's coming out. Um, it, I'd say it's going to be towards the end of this year, 2018, or beginning okay. of 2019. Um, but in okay. the meantime, what I will be doing is I'll be blogging with regard to scoliosis and back problems and well-being mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is with the publisher, and I'd love to mention the publishers. Sure. Uh, you know, it's such a brilliant publisher, I have to say. I'm with Book Hub Publishing, and their website yeah. is bookhubpublishing.com. They're mm-hmm. located here in the west of Ireland in Galway, where I am, just by chance. And they have so many wonderful titles. And with regard to well-being, they look after everything from mysticism and mental health and um, clairvoyancy and teaching, education, salesmanship. There's a whole plethora of different variety of things. And it's a wonderful book publisher to follow, bookpublishing.com. And again, they're on Twitter and Facebook and so on. And, you know, for example, there's a person there recently, I was at one of their book launches, um, She's actually a radio presenter, Megan Scully, and a beautiful young lady who's only 27 but has gone through um, terrible problems where half of her family passed away. She had a tragic uh, death, roadside death of her brother uh, oh. when she was a teen and her father then passed away. And so she's recounting how she went through kind of latent, um, I suppose, recovery of of all of that and and it went in towards her 20s and you know it was affecting her and her own emotional and mental health throughout yeah. her 20s though she had this beautiful face and she was you know a media person and yet there was all of this in behind it all so it's a wonderful read and then there's Heidi Messenger who's a clairvoyant and hugely successful and she her books are available then there and then there's Dr. Uh, Rebecca Housel who's an American lady and a fantastic academic and a great blogger and has plenty of books on that so there's many more then we've there's, there's children's books as well um with uh, ray flannery and there's others but all of those authors are coming together and this is touching back on what you were saying earlier on about the likes yeah. of uh, mental health and millennials yeah. and at the moment there is a series of books one has been released and it's under the umbrella term of mental health for millennials so it's on the bookpublishing.com website. And, and you're in that book, aren't yeah, you? I'm in, that, I'm in that first book. So I've done a chapter on friendship, and that was out just last, mm. what were you saying now? We're at April. So that was out last year, mid-last year, that was um, published. And there's another one out, I believe, in October 2018. And I'll be doing a chapter on well-being again in that, probably selfies and selflessness. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> we're talking about technology again and communication. So, uh, selfies will be high in the agenda there, yeah. Um, Perfect juxtaposition there between selfies and selfless. Um, um, well, congratulations on um, being picked up by that publisher, and they sound amazing. And 
Um, let's let's touch on millennials now or just younger people because it's you know you you were also mentioning the young lady who went through that that tragedy when she was so young and I think it's so challenging for young people. I mean, you had you first developed health issues or health challenges when you were young and so did I and I think that it's also a challenging world. There's a lot going on and I know that more and more so young people are having challenges. Um, like feeling um, there's there's so many um, is aren't mental health issues becoming more prevalent now because there's a there's a lot of chaos in this world or you can probably address this better than I can but um, how are some of the ways that you work with younger people and what are some of the issues that you see coming up with younger people Okay, yeah. Um, I know I've spoken quite a bit now, and my <laughs> my answer has been quite chunky there. The no, questions that's given, but this is about you, so and it, I think it's being really helpful for people. So, the, I, and I really believe that the more personal it is, um, the the more that people connect with it and find what they're looking for. It's, it's perfect. Okay, well, I suppose it's going. Uh, I suppose under the same umbrella as what you you touched on, and I said as well is that from my point of view. I went through personal things, um, and I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the worst victim or person who has suffered from scoliosis in the world ever. I'm not. Mm-hmm. However, my little tidbit of information that will be in the book, and there'll be a lot, is definitely worth reading, and the other people that are in it too, in order to compare how bad scoliosis can be, how bad back issues can be, and also the different range of mental health that can mm-hmm. happen with one physical uh, ailment as such. So you might be listening right now, you might have a flu, you might have a cold, you might feel dreadful. Um, I remember when I was younger, the term, gosh, the weather's terrible, I feel depressed, was mm-hmm. a regular thing, especially here in the west of Ireland where it rains. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, um, here in the Pacific Northwest too. <laughs> oh my gosh, it rains all the time here. It's April and we have still got water in the ground and the cattle here are finding it very difficult to get their food. Uh, there's nothing growing. So we're, we're entering into summer and here we are. So there, I think we'll be... T- <laughs> we're wet. But um, anyway, yeah, so basically, you know, that would be an issue when you're growing up 20 years ago when I grew up and it was like, you know, gosh, I'm depressed. And it was a throwaway kind of line. Um, mm-hmm. Now, with the young people here, you'll quite often, in a group of four to ten teenagers or whatever, they'll use, I am depressed, straight away. And mm-hmm. then, in many ways, the discussion has opened up, which is always a good thing. But mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately, their awareness of what depression is, is not, it's not on the money, let's say. It's basically a little bit off the beaten track. It's a little bit uneducated. And so, yes, we need to talk more. And, yes, there's definitely more mental health issues out there. But I think it's important where the information comes from as well. Um, But I suppose I came from my own experience from a physical injury, and that's how I learned all about mental health issues and uh, well-being and such. And then... At the same time, as I was finishing school, going to college or school, as you call it there in the States, I mm-hmm. qualified as a teacher. And mm-hmm. it was just, you know, an ordinary qualification as what you'd call a high school teacher. Um, but then I moved into, again, more primary teaching. So I requalified at that. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of voluntary work in helping people basically I suppose across a variety of areas and when you start working with people of all age groups you start learning more and at the same time society was changing here where it was becoming all these mental health issues were coming up and I suppose professionally then I started as an educator and I was kind of moving across and at the same time within myself I was having all these physical difficulties so I was educating myself on physical difficulties and then that was moving across and I, what I was learning physically, I was realizing that there was, when I wasn't getting answers from the conservative 
traditional medical route, mm. I started learning and reading and looking up about other things where the mind can change the body and so on, yeah. and where our thinking and all that can change our bodies and our behaviors and so on. And again, there, there was a crossover then beginning to happen in my professional life where my teaching was um, coming towards more a coaching role, a mentoring role, and my prof- my personal stuff then, I decided to kind of do courses to actually just self-heal, self-cure, to learn yoga just for the sake of doing yoga, not to be the greatest acrobatic, flexible guy in the room, but actually, <laughs> you know, just to learn the ins and outs. Where, where does this, you know, 5,000-year-old spiritualism slash physical activity come from? What does it do? How is it going to help me? If I can get a slice of the pie of information, well, then I'm learning and I can try and put it back into myself and try and help myself. So professional and personal stuff were meeting. They crescendo together. And that's where I fall into. I'm the person who, I suppose, can see it both professionally and personally, thankfully. Yeah. Very important. It's very important. And I think for young people, it is such a journey. I mean, it's a journey for anyone when you're learning. If you have some type of, whether it's a mental health issue or physical health issue, it's, you become a seeker. You become a seeker of information and knowledge. And, and I really believe that's part of the healing process is, is um, doing, you know, be, it's like a journey. It's like you're... If you, I believe if you set the intention to feel better, no matter what challenges come up, then that's um, a big way of how you get better. And then it's a matter of filling in that journey with learning about yoga and listening to podcasts and reading other Absolutely. people's stories, whether they're in books or online, and um, always being a seeker. And I think when you're, and then you start to put together the pieces of a puzzle. And I think it's, it can be especially challenging when you're younger. Um, because life is already kind of new and, you know, it can feel even more overwhelming if something big happens like some type of health challenge or mental health challenge or tragedy or, yeah. um, and I, I, I really admire young people that, um, have that fighting spirit regardless and, or anyone of, of any age, but it, it really does take, um, it, I, I encourage people to hang on to that sense of hope and then set an intention um, to feel better no matter what. And um, what, what is some advice, Dr. Hogan, that you could give someone who's young, who maybe um, says, I feel depressed or I am depressed? Um, what, would, what would you say to them is like um, well, the next step? Just touching back on the, the book publishing.com, the publishers yeah. that I'm involved with, this series of the Mental Health for Millennials is going to be a very good thing for a lot of people, I think, because basically you've got a chapter in each book, and it's a series of books, so a chapter in each book that will be done by experts in their own field across mental health and well-being. So, for example, um, I think in the last book, and the first book, there was uh, 10 chapters, so there's 10 individual people that are covering it. So, again, like people I touched on, Heidi Messenger, who's a clairvoyant, um, mm-hmm. Megan Scully, who's radio presenter. I think she did a bit of modeling when she was um, a few years ago as well. Um, but then, of course, she had all this other issue going on um, in her own personal life. So she talks on the likes of, of that. And all these people that are experts in their own field. And I think it's wonderful to read series of books like that. But also in that book, you'll find that there'll be nuggets of information from each person. So they will look at the issues and they will say, yeah, okay, this happens, this is wrong, the economy is tough on millennials, and it is. It's a changing economy, it's a huge it conversation. Is. Um, it yeah, yeah, technology is taking over in lots mm-hmm. of ways. Uh, we're using it now for the two of us to connect half across the world, which is wonderful. And hopefully, you know, many listeners will listen to this and get great enjoyment but also a bit more information about it but i think the likes of those books you know they're they're produced here in ireland but they're all available online on bookhubpublishing.com you can buy them online and there'll be nuggets of information from everybody so yeah we are looking into what's wrong we're stating fact that there is issues there's mental health issues there 
Yeah. And like you said, it's more apparent now in the millennials than it is in the baby boomers or in any other type of um, cohort of the human race that exists mm-hmm. on planet Earth at the moment. So mm-hmm. why is this? And I mean, I think the more questions that are asked, the more answers that will be, will be, will be definitely out there. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, myself, I think that technology is brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. always liken it back to one of the earlier terms of the internet. I mean, when the internet started first, there was, you know, there was, there was brand new terminology that was flying about. There was things like the World Wide Web. There was www. Nobody knew what www. meant. <laughs> it was like, what? This is so wordy. This is technical language. I'm not a, I'm not a geek, you know. Yeah. Um, there was movies, like you call them over there. We call them films, but now they're called movies, of course. There was mm-hmm. movies with the term nerd in them, and now everybody seems to be a nerd <laughs> going around, you know, with their, okay. you know, with their mobile phone or the cell phone, as you call them. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think that technology has its place, but one of the terms for me that's very critical to the whole thing is information technology. And I think information is a brilliant word, really, to describe things. And information is just that. It's information. Information leads to education, which leads to awareness, which leads to change if you take up the right information. And I think that's wonderful. But interaction between people is not information. And primarily, we need to interact with people as we meet them, as we see with, see and be with them. And information is a whole different kettle of fish. And we need to realize that technology is wonderful for giving us split-second information and huge information. But interaction is like, it's like the water that we need every day oh, and the food we need yeah. every day, you know? Oh, oh, my goodness. So well said. That, now, see, that is, that's brilliant, and it's there's no substitute. So what I hear, I'm hearing you say, and I've this is I, I hope that this is sinking in for anyone who's listening, especially if you're young, that there's no substitution for genuine connection, and and that technology, if you're even if you might feel like you're connecting with people, like on your phone or online, it's not the same as a genuine interaction with someone. Do you mean like? face-to-face, Dr. Hogan? Or yeah, well, you see, there, there is actual medical evidence for all of this as well, and there's a, re- there's a reason, like, um, even, you know, when we're younger, we kind of struggle with the term mind and brain, and there's, there's huge information out there about, you know, again, if I go out and break my arm, I need to go to a doctor, there's a bone sticking out, that's definitely needed, I need a cast, or I need a splint, or I need some sort of uh, physical operation or therapy, fine. That's very obvious, very apparent. Of course, with mental health and well-being, we're always wondering what's happening between two people or a person's two ears even more so. So unless a person talks, we often say, you know, we don't really know what's going on. But of course, people can lie. People can put on a front or a face. But the terms, the difference between mind and brain are huge. Um without going you know, back into the likes of Freud or anything like that, um, it's, it's really refreshing to know that even though we have all these problems going on right now in the world uh, with mental health and that, and it's coming very apparent for the younger people and the millennials, um, there's still a huge amount of knowledge needed and information needed with regard to the brain waves, the brain activity, neuroplasticity, um, mm. neurology as such. So unless we can put scans on and physically see things on the screen which is going on in a person's brain, we can't know what's actually feeding the mind. So basically the brain is like the computer. We all use a computer. But the mind is more the emotional animal or the chimp as such yes. and how we interact with our thoughts. So again, going back to yoga, as you, you would be very well aware, Edie, is that mm-hmm. with meditation or remaining quiet in yourself in order to actually sit and meditate, which thousands of people have the problem with, 
being able to actually get to the state of nirvana or the state of meditative within the mind, it definitely changes the brainwaves. It regulates them, it rests them, it gives them a, a deep rest. But of course, if you have the monkey mind, as, as is known in the yoga world, you'll never be able to get to that state to settle down, to sit, to practice, to do your happy yoga or whatever. You'll never be able to get there in the first place. So you can't actually tell yourself through your mechanical computer brain, hey, listen, guy, I need to breathe softly. I need to breathe regularly here. So there's a fight going on there between the mind and the brain. So I think, yeah, millennials, there's problems, there's issues. But you know what? There's also, with problems, huge opportunities. So, you know, you've got technology. It's taking off. There's no doubt, <laughs> I think you can tell your listeners, you can share a little uh, nugget of information that we shouldn't be really saying here, but we had huge, in- we had huge uh, technical issues in trying to get this interview up and running, you know? Um, so a person 15, 20 years younger would be far more adept at this, but they might be actually <laughs> suffering mentally or suffering emotionally. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about work and the mm-hmm. future of work and technology is doing huge things, taking over a lot of workplaces. Um, but that's also an opportunity for millennials. I, I honestly feel that millennials, when everything is taken into account, that when they grow older, there's going to be older people who've gone to school, gone to college, gone to early working life with other people, obviously, their peers, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a huge disparity between the mental health of the people who are presumed as successful in society mm-hmm. and those that are suffering. And I think it's the opportunists, like there is in every time, that will actually look at things now like mental health and they go, hmm, how can I learn and how can I actually improve that for others and I do believe there's huge opportunities there for millennials especially with their technical expertise. So I want to make sure I'm understanding you Dr. Hogan. So you're saying that so when millennials are older are you saying where's the disparity? I think think, well you see there's definitely going back to the whole kind of information technology thing that I was saying there a few minutes ago there's definitely a common type of time frame there between the internet coming along uh-huh. in the late 90s and then suddenly all these mental health uh, issues coming along. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, for example, for sure. one thing for certain, uh, one of the things I work at, I work in the public service. Now, without giving away confidentiality, but basically I work with behavioral and emotional um, issues. And then in the evenings I can do my own thing and weekends and holidays mm-hmm. where I can do my private practice. But mm-hmm. one of the things that's very apparent is that there's technology there and it's wonderful. You can use it, you can send messages in split seconds across the world, wonderful. But what really are we doing? You know, where are we going? And a lot of people are getting stuck on their phones, stuck in their computers, and they're, you know, they might be looking up Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and it's all for entertainment. But that's not going to get you from A to B in life, whether it's emotionally, whether it's from natural stage developments of, you know, being a teenager, wanting to have a girlfriend or boyfriend or get married or save or buy a house or build a house or rent or get a better job or promotion or whatever. So we need to take a little bit of this technology and go, yeah, that's wonderful. But now I need to stop. I need to go out for a run. I need to go do a yoga class. I need to do whatever. I need to find balance. Exactly. And I think what's going to happen is in years to come, there's going to be such the successful people in society will be those that are very balanced, that have taken that approach, that have gone out, they've, you know, improved their workplace or whatever, um, become entrepreneurs or whatever. But then they can just go out and, you know, go for a run and realize, you know what, my body is only going to be so old. Um, My body is just going to live the same amount of hours or minutes or years as my parents' bodies you know, lived, so I need to treat it well too, I need to treat my mind well, Um, I need to be balanced, I need to foresee any potential stress with working on computers for too long, and I need to just kind of take everything with a grain of salt as well. 
Mm. So that's, I mean, I, that's brilliant. And it's so true. And I think that is, uh, that's the, uh, I, I know that I've, I've often said to myself, I think that sort of yoga is the kind of balance point to technology. Like you, yeah. you sort of need that downtime to the, the, um, the sort of digital world, the digitized world. And I would say, um, for young people who are listening, um, you are heard looking for answers like, well, how do I feel better? Like, say I'm feeling depressed and what, you know, even if you don't understand where that's coming from, I would say um, if you're going to use technology, use something like Skype where you can, or, or you know, um, where you can see your friend on video so that there's that interaction with a, um, you're seeing someone's uh, face. Yeah. Um, and there's no substitution for, um, we all go through developmental stages and you need to allow yourself to have those, um, like you were saying, like go, whether it's go for a run or do some yoga or, or have that genuine connection in person or face to face in yeah. some way with your friends and family, um, give yourself what your, your body and mind and heart and soul need which is um, the full spectrum of development. Absolutely. And you can't, get that, you can't get that just from... Well, I mean, uh, I mean okay, it's, it's, it's been taught probably in some schools and some curriculums, maybe mm -hmm. not as advanced in, in some countries as others, but, mm -hmm. I mean, there is no, absolutely no substitution for, you know, the first day at school, you meet a child, you mm -hmm. just happen to be sitting beside them, your parents meet, they're both nervous parents, they both want their child to have a happy time at school. They realize the first day of school is going to dictate, you know, from age four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They go to high school, and then suddenly they have another five, six years. They're out the door. They're an adult. So their whole socialization begins on that first day of primary or high school. And naturally, parents want them to make friends. They want them to be in with the right people. And then there's this whole pressure, especially with the technology now, and it's very visual. Every, every phone has a camera, everybody has a phone. So you're walking down the street and you're aware of looking good or looking proper all of the time. And I think for females, I think it's really, really tough for young females nowadays because it's a very visual society. And it always was, but it's now that they are very well aware that one picture taken at the wrong angle mm. is going to be there for life and they can be bullied. And, yeah, yeah, that's one slice of the pie of the mental health issues, obviously bullying. But it's just so immediate and, it's you know, it can be taken in a split second, but it's there for life online somewhere. And, mm. you know, to get back, like you say, balance, to get back to yourself. To come down and say, it's a picture. That's it. Mm. I know I wasn't, I didn't have my hair brushed properly. I wasn't looking like a Kardashian today, you know. <laughs> and that's I, okay. And that's, that's okay, you know. I laugh at it. Yeah. Um, and I believe there's huge scope there within ourselves, as you well know, that if you spend time with yourself, proper time, downtime, like the great yogi, yoga gurus would say, you know, meditation, mindfulness, that's so golden nowadays. It's so needed. And the reason it's needed is because everything, technology, is at such a frantic pace. And the human mind, it's not designed for that. It's simply not. People that have developed these technologies, it hasn't been one person. It's been a series of very smart people who have... Wow you know, take one, one notch and improved it. So mm -hmm. even the founder of Facebook, wow, what a guy, really intelligent guy. But things mm -hmm. before Facebook were there, you know, there was Bebo, there was other things. So he saw a niche in the market and he improved it a little bit. And then look, since Facebook has come out, you've got Twitters, you've got Instagrams, you've got, you know, WhatsApps, all these other things, all these other apps. So it's just notch by notch, people are getting improving, but they're just entrepreneurs. That doesn't mean to say that they're geniuses or anything like that. So the human mind, we all need to come back down to ground zero to level. 
and we need emotional rest and you know that's what meditation and mindfulness is it's a deep rest and I would say as a young person don't ever judge yourself you know we're often you know just because somebody's leaving school and they you know there's a hundred other people in my year and they all seem to know yeah I you know they're settled they know exactly what they want out of life they're going to be an engineer or a doctor or they're going to be a lawyer or whatever that's rubbish you know in four or five years time you might meet that person they might be covering up they might be putting things up online things if they're successful they're going on big holidays but the reality is underneath it and within themselves they might be happy you know and it's all about happiness for now yeah that's what we really have to come to Oh, it's so well said, and it's. I so appreciate this conversation with you, and I think it is, yes, there is the, the need for relationship with others that sometimes involves technology and sometimes doesn't, and then there's the relationship with yourself, and more often than not that, um, I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we learn about ourselves through other people, but then there is the self-exploration, which, and part of that is, is um you know, learning. I mean, sometimes you are you have a challenge come up, and that challenges you to learn more about yourself. And yoga is a great way to learn more as well. And it is. I love how you say. You know, it's about finding that balance. And even in this very, very modern world, um, there's there's no substitution for um, sort of taking it slow and get to know yourself, believe in yourself. And I love how you say, "Don't judge yourself." I I feel like there's yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure today, but it's 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 a it's very artificial. Um, it's yeah. a, it's superficial and artificial, and it it has nothing to do with your real self. Uh, for anyone who's listening, um, so believe in yourself and and find that create that foundation in yourself. I mean, anybody can do what we're doing. This is the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the technology is there to record to put it out there, put it online, put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, put it on any of these apps or devices. Mm. But I suppose what makes something real is knowing yourself and then actually looking at yourself honestly. Don't judge yourself because you're never the finished article. But Mm. you Mm. can always develop and change. There's no time at life just because you're 21 or 18 or you're an adult at 21 or whatever. It doesn't mean just because you can't drive a car or you haven't got your driver's license or you haven't sorted out in your mind what you want to do for the rest of your life. And you know what? Things change. By the time you're 30 or 40, you're, you're still not an old man or woman. Well, at least I hope I will be. <laughs> um, I'm still hobbling about, but you know. Um, but you know, like, there's certainly people are living, thankfully, a little bit longer than before. 10, 15 yes. years on average or whatever, which is great. But So why not say to yourself, let's just chill here, you know, let's just stop. Because there's definitely, you know, and if we remove technology and all that talk, in the history of time, no matter what religion you come from, no matter what country you come from, there are stages in life. There are stages in life such as when you leave the household and you have to go to school and you're about four or so, that's a tough time for parents, tough time for siblings, tough time for you. And then there's a time where you move from, you know, the small school to the big school. That's a tough time. It's puberty as well. Then you're leaving school and you need to go to college or people are pressuring you and saying, what are you going to do with your life? All of that. That's a tough time. Then there's a time where there's financial pressures where, come on, you're mid-twenties or you're 30 and get yourself together. Have a baby. You need to have a baby. All this kind of stuff. They're natural times of life where we all feel that. There's times where, you know, you go, I can't run as fast anymore. I'm just not that fast. Yeah, I can run just as long, (laughs) but I'm just not that fast anymore, you know. (laughs) So there are natural stages. That will always be. But what's happening now is you've got those natural pressures that we all feel within ourselves, even if we aren't judged by people. But then, even with the best people around us, those are things that are going to be affecting us and, you know, changing our decisions about life and changing which road or turn we take next. And they're critical decisions within ourselves for us all. But technology and all the online stuff and the pictures and the sharing, it adds to the pressure 
at a time when we're making those decisions. Yes. And essentially that's peer pressure. Essentially mm. that's yes. online pressure of people that we don't even know. Followers, mm. friends. Yes. Thankfully now I know you because you're a nice follower. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone listening, you're all nice followers too. But you know, we still have to stop, close the laptop, turn off the phone and just mm. go, okay, how do I feel today? Yes. Fantastic. Brilliant. That is, I, I feel like I cut you off there. That was brilliant. No. Um, well, I, I do agree. I mean, the, you know, a few questions you said there, and, it, and it's clinical. It's been said before, but it is really, really clinical that I don't think anybody really should make friends unless you've met them physically mm-hmm. in the flesh in front of you. Because yeah. I do think there's something there. Like, for example, if we compare with a lot of the romantic comedies we see on television over the last 20, 30, 40 years, um, you know, we all want to fall in love. We all want to have the best lover. We all want to have the best husband or wife or, you know, the best relationship that will last the lifetime. We all look at 90-year-old couples who are 50 years married and we go, wow, look at that. That's amazing. And it is. But they have different pressures from when than what's mm-hmm. there now, you know. The slower world, thankfully, there was more trust there. You knew your neighbor. You could leave your door open. So it's different now. But that doesn't mean to say that, you know, you cannot have that. You cannot meet a person like that. You can, whether it's for friendship or relationship. But it needs to come from yourself that you commit to yourself that a friend is a person I meet, first of all. And the reason being, I say that mm-hmm. is because sometimes when we're, be, be it a child or, or an older adult, we meet somebody and we just kind of know we feel yeah. we trust them. And that's our instinct. Mm-hmm. And it's very and difficult online to trust your instinct because all we have is we yeah. have an overemphasis of visual kind of profile. So I can see a person's face. Yeah, they look okay. I can see that their age, fine. I can see their general location. Okay, that's grand. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're like in front of me. Mm. I don't know and how they're going to react to me, you know. Exactly. And actually, Dr. Hogan, that's kind of, when you talk about technologies, information, but you also need the information that you get in person from interacting with someone. And, you can, and that has nothing to do with technology. That's only the technology. And that's of, what all these romantic films have told us, you know, chemistry and, you know, feeling that, that something, that magical thing that happens between two people. And that's just in the love world. But, you know, in the ordinary world of men and women interacting and people interacting, you get a sense of trust or a sense of they're okay, you know, yeah. I like them. And it's not just because you're talking about football or you're talking about the weather or something you both have in common. That's just, you know, that's just normal small talk. But when you get to the nitty gritty, you can actually have a really good conversation with somebody you meet in a library or somebody you meet in a social club or something like that. There's no, yeah. there's no reason you can strike up you know, and the word strike even, just it's like getting a match and a piece of paper yeah. and just striking. That glints and, you know, and, and, and that can only happen. And to prove that point, we look at, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about well-being. The vast majority of therapies outside of chemicals, the vast majority of therapies that work are talk therapies. Yes. And they I- originated from face-to-face. Yes. They originated before the internet. So that means I had to knock on your door, I had to pay you money, I had to sit down, I had to look into your eyes, I had to lie on a couch or whatever, but I physically have to be in the same room, I have to book for one hour, and you give me uninterrupted interaction for one hour with your expertise. So we need to realize that it's so important face-to-face communication. Very, very important, and I, I totally agree. And there's, and there's, I mean, we're using. I mean, there's so much we can talk about here. There's you know, neurons involved, and there's um, that creating that um, that well, type of relationship. Exactly, and I mean, just there's a thing called there's a thing. You know, we all know about going out and you know, go for a run or whatever, do a really strenuous yoga class, where yeah, you get the peace of mind, but also you get this huge buzz of feeling well of the exercise, and that's an actual 
chemistry within your brain that's changing the way you feel and then that's the interaction between the brain and the body but when you're online when you're on your phone when you're looking at pictures when you're be it a night out or something you see somebody in a you know people you wanted to be in the same room as you weren't there you miss it or you looking forward to something when you're online connected like that when you're swooning over somebody or when you actually want to be like somebody or whatever the reality is it's working on your brain and that's a thing called dopamine and mm. it's you know it's well known with a lot of people but an overproduction of any chemical that's a short term type of buzz mm-hmm. creates addiction it's mm. the same way as like you know we both know people who go to yoga classes and you know they've they've gone there for whatever reason you know be it a physical mental emotional whatever but sometimes they can go too much, too. And you're going, you know, do you need to go on a Sunday? You've gone six days already, you know. Take a day off, you know. And that's the time where if you take the day off or you put the phone down or you just take a time out and you go, how much do I miss it? And, you know, that's the thing because our brain is being accelerated by all these short-term buzzes of opening the picture, looking at the video, checking the friend request, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. it's... It be, that in itself is like a chase, a continual chase, and that's an yeah. addiction. That's not good. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an addiction. A great point. It's also overload. It's, we have information overload. We have sort of dopamine overload. Every time you do something new, you get a dopamine hit. Um, and so that's why people's attention span has gone down so much mm. because they're craving that next hit. And, I mean, I think that people are literally becoming addicted to their phones. Um, I see people walking down the street um, looking at their phones, and we're sort of missing that basic interaction. And yeah. um, either, I mean, there's, I mean, so many great points. I mean, it's um, there's again, it comes kind of circles back to that. There's no substitution for genuine connection with other people and with yourself. And there's there's no um, kind of easy way to. You have to. I don't want to use the phrase. Do you have to do the work? But it's. Um, it's a journey, right? Like it's give yourself the gift of um, allowing yourself to, and I love how you say slow down and take your time because people are living longer. And I think there's sometimes, you know, younger people have this sense of anxiety, like, oh, I have to have this all figured out. And especially with that peer pressure of online, like you, you think everyone else has it figured out. And that's just not true. Um, there's, there's no substitution for, slowing down and taking your time to figure it out and navigating through that maze and enjoying the process. Um, I think there's, I mean, life is supposed to be fun, I think, and it's supposed to be a journey and it's supposed to be, you're not supposed to know everything that's going to happen. And I think there's a real gift to slowing down. And I I think the trick is to, um, you know, allow yourself how, whatever challenge you have, whether it's depression or some kind of health issue, um, you know, there's, we all have the gift of, um, the magic of being in the present moment. You know, there's, that's always available to all of us, I think. And then that's it's what can unfold from there. And it's, ex- I mean, life is pretty exciting. Even if it's challenging, I find it exciting. Um, when you allow yourself to be in the moment, like well, truly. It. And it's funny, you know, and just, I suppose, in a way, complimenting what you're saying, the, the buzz of the dopamine or whatever, is that <laughs> like, just to compare it. You know, when I was growing up, was that literally, I suppose in many ways I had a gift, not that I'm very special or anything, but um, I had a gift in, in, in the time frame that I grew up in. And I think people worldwide, anybody listening to this, that's 38 or 40, um, yeah. because we're young enough to understand a lot of the technologies, but also... And, and to become yeah, adept at them as, as, as well as some people that are younger. But also, we're old enough to realize that when we were 10, when we were 12, 15, 18, there was no technology like this. There was no inter- internet. So right. we had to, we were forced to get out of the house if we wanted to meet somebody. <laughs> so it was our natural reaction to go out there and meet people. Yeah. And the reality is, since the beginning of time, Human beings are social animals. Yes, absolutely. I don't think people realize that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the term social networking is, you know, it's so regular nowadays. Um, (laughs) 
but the part of the thing social is to get out there, you know, and yeah. I know sometimes we're lazy because the phone, you know, we can do everything with the phone. We can order a food <laughs> in, we can, right yeah. <laughs> you know, but we need to, we need to, sometimes, you know, I think people are getting lazier as well in general. Um, so we really need to just continually check ourselves and say, no, I need to turn that off, that machine off now. I need to get out and that's it. Mm, so well said. Um, oh, my goodness. I mean, Dr. Hogan, we could talk forever, I'm sure. I mean, this is a really, this is an important topic because it's, I mean, this is really, I mean, we're talking about mental health here and also emotional health and physical health and how can people really feel happy and be happy. And it does come back to the basics. Um, don't forget the basics and remember to get out of your house and turn off. I love how you say turn off the machine because it is a, it still is a machine. You know, it's, I mean, your phone is a computer um, and it's great that it's technology and technology is meant to help us and make things better, but it's, it's no substitution for that genuine interaction. And, um, and I really feel like it does help alleviate depression and anxiety when you genuinely connect with people in person is, I agree, there is no substitution. It's, I mean, I still, I think video can help, but you're, you're right, there's no substitution for in person, and um, I love how you encourage people to, to turn off their phones and, you know, just step outside your door and, and see what's, um, go to yeah, the, I mean, if, people if you, go to the club there, or I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, well, that if, awesome. but even that, you know what, if, <laughs> if you are listening to this and you're going, gosh, I do feel a little bit, that that maybe is a good choice. I've never really done that. You know, don't judge yourself because, you know, it's it's right. the age group you are. Everybody's doing the same thing. I'm not saying there's hugely anything wrong with it, but you are a victim of the fact that you've been born into a certain era. So mm. it doesn't mean to say that you can't improve, but if you choose to turn off the machine, turn off the phone, leave it aside, go for a run, go for a walk, visit a friend, and, you know, you go over to their house and they're on the computer, they're playing games, they're online, whatever. Don't judge them, you know. Give it time because, like you say, it only takes one minute with that friend to get a smile from them. That's all. Then you can go down the road, go for a walk, go into a woods, um, get a breath of fresh air, look at the green grass, look at the blue sea, look up into the sky, go out at night, look up into the stars, little fragments will help you come out of yourself a little bit more, come out of the extraordinary world of the internet, we'll say, and, and more get back into yourself, I suppose. Oh. Just give it time. Beautiful. I love how you say that. Give it time. And also, it is sort of like the spell of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there's, there's, what's even more magical, and what, there's the spell of the world. There's the spell of the real world. And it's, um, I love that. You know, I suggested a bar, but I love your suggestion much, much more. Go to your friend's house and then go outside and, you know, there's, there's nothing like getting in touch with um, the natural world and getting to know your friend and then in turn you get to know yourself. And that's how you develop and that's how you build strength and resiliency and you were talking about that neuroplasticity. You know, when you start to have good experiences, um, it changes your biochemistry, it makes you feel stronger, it makes you feel more confident about yourself. Um, and then you can make better choices and, you know, you can also deal better with challenges that come along when you have that sense, that strong sense of self and confidence. So that's just, I mean, that's just beautifully said. Hmm, cool. Yeah, I mean, just look, I'm not judging anybody listening or anything like that, far from it. Um, but you will look back on the time of your youth and go, gosh, what was I doing? <laughs> what did I spend my time doing? My waking hours looking at machines? For what purpose? Entertainment? Wow, look at me, I'm fat. Look at me, I'm old, you know? So, what do you want to have? What, what, what are your best memories? They're, they're visualizations in themselves. They're smells, they're sounds. And that all comes from being in front of people. So, wow. Give yourself a bucket load of them. Wow. Um, well, I, I suggest we end there because that is, that's very powerful. And, um, and Dr. Hogan, you're welcome back any time. And I, what, a, what a powerful statement and um, such amazing insights. And I, I really hope that this helps people um, because it's, there's, 
there's I love how you say that you know your memories this is your experience or your memories are created from experiences like real experiences like and it involves much more than interacting with a phone or a, or a computer it's um, you need to smell and taste and touch and sight and sound and so beautifully said and it's been such a joy speaking with you today and um, I had a feeling about you when I I don't remember how I met you I think it was on Twitter but um, I just you just like I said in the beginning you were you seemed very genuine and I could tell that you had a lot to offer people and I just really wanted to interview you so I thank you so much for um, figuring out this technology, speaking of technology, <laughs> so that we can have oh, this. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm really, I feel indebted to you. Thank you, because, you know, I'm here in little old Ireland, and <laughs> even though you've got the wonderful World Wide Web, um, there's, a, there's a big pool of water between us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's water everywhere, and um, yes, I'm very grateful to technology and um, for helping us to connect, and thank you for figuring out, um, for those of us who don't know, we... Um, there, we had to, we did have to figure out some technology to come together, but we wanted to do it because um, we felt that it was worth it. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Hogan, for speaking with me today and for being my guest um, here on Blog Talk Radio. And um, thank you, everyone, to listening. Um, we hope that this was useful for you. And we hope that you have a beautiful rest of you, your day wherever you are in the world. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to that amazing interview. I hope that was worthwhile for you. And there's so many amazing insights in that interview with Dr. Hogan. And um, it was just such a pleasure to speak with him. And I really hope that it helped you. Um, this is one of my favorite interviews and, you know, there's just, I mean, technology is amazing, um, but we, there's definitely a trend happening and I, it, we're definitely seeing it with the younger people, um, this feeling of, you know, depression, anxiety, or feeling disconnected, um, or loneliness, um, it seems to be becoming more and more prevalent in the world and I think it's affecting actually everyone of, of every generation, but, but younger people are particularly vulnerable because you're still in a developmental stage. Um, you're still growing, you're still developing. So it's really, really crucial for you to seek genuine connection in person, get to know yourself, get to know your friends, get out in the natural world, and you'll find hopefully that that alleviates some of your depression and anxiety and helps you feel more connected with the world and with yourself. And thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to The Wellness Coach on Blog Talk Radio. This is your oasis to slow down, tune in, and reboot. Find us on the web at portlandwellnesscoach.com. We hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are in this beautiful, amazing world. Take care, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.